0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bright Future. This is a weekly political and philosophical podcast that follows current events. I am your host, Samuel Adams, but please call me Sam. Each episode begins with a researched essay section, before I open the discussion up to the listeners. To keep our discussion civilized, I have organized the following rules. Do not insult each other, bringing in a second argument that is not relevant to the primary topic of the episode, including such insults, is a red herring fallacy. Hitchin's Razor says that which can be stated without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence. When it comes to your facts, make sure you, you are using a reputable source, or a basic universal truth like science. The Sagan Standard says that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence to be proved. This, combined with Occam's Razor, helps prevent plausible explanations from becoming wildly implausible. Pigeon's Razor says not to attribute to malice that which could be reasonably attributed to stupidity. This helps avoid us viewing people as evil when they may instead simply be uninformed. Lastly, take into account new information to refine and update your opinions. Opinions are subjective, meaning that they can vary from viewpoint to viewpoint without necessarily being incorrect. However, if your opinions begin to contradict the objective facts, failing to adjust your opinions can become an impediment affecting healthy and positive change in our world. This is a psychological phenomenon called Belief Perseverance. This podcast aims to look at our political events and how we may improve so that there may one day be a bright future. With no further ado, let's begin our episode for this week, which I have titled Divisive Action. Gun control is a topic that I have avoided due to the very divisive nature of the debate. In a previous episode, I talked about the bill H.R. 1808, the assault weapons ban of 2022. In that episode, I read the bill and explained that, to my understanding, the way it was worded left gaping loopholes in the rules that would otherwise ban most firearms. Instead, these loopholes would change how firearms would be manufactured in the future, to make them not only more dangerous to the user, but also less environmentally friendly. The bill only made it through the House and did not progress any further through the legislative process or become a law. I come back to this topic because of a statement that the White House released on January 13, 2023. Statement from President Joe Biden on new Justice Department action to keep dangerous firearms out of dangerous hands. So I did what I usually do and I found the rule that the Justice Department implemented and I was fully prepared to review it for the episode until I saw that it was 293 pages long. So instead, here's a quick summary. The rule widens the definitions of short-barreled rifles to include pistols that have a shoulder brace, and then, citing the Gun Control Act of 1968, bans such short-barreled rifles. The rule requires that the gun is either permanently converted to no longer be a short-barreled rifle, that the gun is registered with the ATF as a short-barreled rifle, that the gun is turned into the ATF, or that the gun is destroyed. In addition to this rule, Illinois became the ninth state to pass a version of H.R. 1808 to ban assault weapons at a state level this week on January 11th. The press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, praised Illinois for this and also restated that President Biden has taken historic action to reduce gun violence six months ago. She praises Biden for passing the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which expanded background checks for firearm purchases. But that act was signed six months ago. It's time to stop patting yourself on the back and start doing something... more. But what should we do? Quote straight from Wikipedia. Gun control activists argue that current gun policies are too permissive, while gun rights activists argue that most gun policies are ineffective at reducing gun-related deaths. My first thought on reading the sentence was, what if they're both right? And so I began my journey into this week's episode to research this issue as much as possible and at least make the beginnings of a plan on fixing it. But while trying to research studies about this topic, I encountered a major issue. Paywalls. Nearly every time I tried to read an article or study, or read about a study itself, I kept getting blocked by various websites who told me to either pay them a monthly subscription, or to go elsewhere. This paywall block prevented me from being able to do my own research about the situation. Since most of these studies were done by private corporations, they do have both the right and the ability to put up these walls. But what if I could find studies done by the government? And that's when I discovered another major issue, and the first major stumbling block, in the path towards solving this problem. There is an actual law that prevents the Center of Disease Control and Prevention from using federal funding to study any kind of firearm-related research. The most they've been able to do since 2001 is simply state how many deaths were firearm-related in each age category. Using that limited data, it was discovered that firearms were the leading cause of death for children ages 1 to 19 in the year of 2020. Unfortunately, the CDC was not allowed to differentiate what types of deaths those were. Were they homicide, suicide, or accidental? Differentiating between these could be instrumental in finding solutions to this issue. If the biggest category is homicide or suicide, Perhaps a law that adds a mental background check or psychological evaluation to gun sales would be a good idea, but if the biggest category is accidental, perhaps we should instead implement a law surrounding the safe use and storage of firearms to prevent such accidents. However, these issues are only for studies done in the United States. I mentioned in the first episode of the New Year Forward how one of the purposes of this show was to look at how we have previously solved problems in the past, because after all, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. So, what about other countries, and if their laws work for them, why couldn't they work for us? According to the National Library of Medicine, which is a Canadian institution, a study was done in 2020 that reviewed the effects of firearm legislation on both suicides and homicides throughout Canada from 1981 to 2016. The study concludes that, for suicides, there was no overall mortality reduction, but instead a shift from suicide by firearm to suicide by hanging, both of which are about equally effective. For homicide, there were no reductions associated with increased firearms regulations, and that instead, alternative approaches are needed to reduce homicides by firearms in Canada. According to the JAMA Network, a study in 2016 followed the association between gun law reforms and intentional firearm deaths in Australia between 1979 and 2013. The conclusion reads, Following the enactment of gun law reforms in Australia in 1996, there were no mass firearms killings through May 2016. There was a more rapid decline in firearm deaths between 1997 and 2013 compared with before 1997, but also a decline in total non-firearm suicide and homicide deaths of a greater magnitude. Because of this, it is not possible to determine whether the change in firearm deaths can be attributed to the gun law reforms. In other words, for Australia, there is some correlation, but not enough to determine that it is causation. Now, what about the United States? Here, the right to keep and bear arms is protected by our Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed and the interpretation of this one sentence has been ruled on the Supreme Court multiple times. In 2008, in District of Columbia v. Heller, the Supreme Court ruled that the individual right to possess a firearm is unconnected with service in a militia, so you don't need to be in a militia to be able to own a firearm. In 2010, the legal case McDonald v. Chicago, the Supreme Court ruled that the Second Amendment is incorporated. So it does not just apply to federal laws, but also prevents states and cities from passing laws that infringe on the right to bear arms. In 2016, Catino v. Massachusetts, the court ruled that the amendment applies to all bearable arms, even those that were not in existence at the time the amendment was first created. In other words, the amendment applies to modern firearms, not just muskets. And lastly, in 2022 the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, Incorporated v. Bruin. The court ruled that the Second and Fourteenth Amendments protect your right to carry a handgun for self-defense outside the home without requiring a license. This ruling also struck down the state of New York's licensing requirement, stating that it was unconstitutional. However, the Supreme Court also ruled that the Second Amendment is not unlimited. Quote from Justice Antonin Scalia, it is not a right to keep and carry any weapon whatsoever in any manner whatsoever and for whatever purpose. For example, concealed weapons prohibitions have been upheld under the amendment or state analogs. The court's opinion should not be taken to cast doubt on long-standing prohibitions on the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill, or laws forbidding the carrying of firearms in sensitive places, such as schools and government buildings, or laws imposing conditions and qualifications on the commercial sale of arms. In other words, the Gun Control Act of 1968 still stands, preventing people who have been imprisoned for over a year, fugitives, unlawful users of controlled substances, those who have been involuntarily committed to mental institutions, illegal immigrants, those who have been dishonorably discharged from the military, those who have renounced their citizenship, or those who are subject to a court order or have been convicted of domestic violence from owning arms. However, even with all of these court rulings and new laws, the exact scope and limitations of the Second Amendment still feels unclear to me. And at this point of research, I must also admit that I still do not have a strong opinion or solid opinion on gun control, ownership, or rights. Personally, I have used firearms in the past at shooting ranges and think that if used safely, they are perfectly enjoyable to shoot at paper targets and other shooting sports. But people don't usually just buy them for paper targets, they get them for self-defense. The self-defense argument is complicated. On the one hand, I wouldn't want to have easy access to a firearm in the event that someone kicks my apartment door in while I'm sleeping. But on the other hand, I also don't want a kid getting easy access to that same firearm and playing with it. But if I lock the gun away in a safe and someone kicks my door in, I can't exactly to ask them to Please wait a minute before they rob me and let me unlock my safe. So for home defense, I think that a better option would be to use bear spray. It's like pepper spray, but it's about a hundred times worse because it's designed for bears. Indoors, it would work pretty well as a self-defense tool thanks to the close range. However, if I tried to use it outdoors on a windy day, it would be pretty ineffective, which is where the gun would be more effective and since I walk to work late at night or early in the morning, it could be the best option for me. Another argument both for and against the right to bear arms is the reason why the Second Amendment was made in the first place, to defend yourself against a tyrannical government. Several gunright advocates support the Nazi Gun Control Theory, which states that gun regulations enforced by the Third Reich rendered the victims of the Holocaust weak and unable to defend themselves. Quote from Hitler, and of course translated from German, The most foolish mistake we could possibly make would be to allow the subject races to possess arms. However, this theory is considered to be counterfactual due to the fact that Germany already had strict gun laws due to the 1919 Treaty of Versailles and the 1928 German Weapons Act, which required citizens to have two separate permits to first acquire and then carry any firearm. Under Nazi Germany, though, the 1938 German Weapons Act changed those prior restrictions to only apply to rifles, or only apply to handguns, and deregulated rifles and shotguns. In addition, that 1938 law lowered the legal age to purchase guns from 20 to 18, and permits were made valid for three years instead of just one. However, during my own research on this theory, I discovered a separate German law that came into force the day after Kristallnacht, or if you don't know, um, Kristallnacht means Night of Broken Glass, and it occurred before the Holocaust. It was effectively a massive riot of civilians attacking Jewish citizens and businesses that was made worse because Hitler ordered that the police be withdrawn or stand down. On that same day, the 9th of November 1938, a law titled Regulations Against Jews' Possession of Weapons came to effect and denied denied Jews living under Nazi rule the right to possess any form of firearms, any form of weapons, including firearms, truncheons, or even kitchen knives. I don't know about you, but that one law makes the Nazi gun control theory look pretty valid to me. Counter to this argument though is that the idea of how are you even going to fight back against your government? They have drones. To which I answer, well I'll just need to get a gun that can shoot down drones. Yes, anti-drone rifles exist. It's a battery-powered electromagnetic pulse weapon. It's shoulder mounted and fired and aimed just like a rifle. The Ukrainian KVS-G6 has a three and a half kilometer range and can operate constantly for 30 minutes. It's been used very much in the Russia-Ukrainian War. In theory, such a rifle could be used against anything that's remote controlled, usually drones, but even including missiles. In addition, we have been watching how civilians can fight back against a tyrannical government. It's been nearly a year since Russia tried to start to invade Ukraine again, but this special military operation was only supposed to take a few days. A large part of the unexpected resistance is thanks to civilians. On multiple occasions, civilians have made Molotov cocktails and physically blocked Russian military vehicles, sometimes forcing them to retreat. Defending yourself against a tyrannical government is all well and good, but another major issue in the gun control debate is the many mass shootings all over the media. However, I ran into an issue while researching this argument almost right away. There is no fixed definition of a mass shooting. For this episode, I will think, I think I will stick to the most recent definition from the National Institute of Justice. It defines a mass shooting, a mass public shooting, as an incident in which at least 4 victims are killed with firearms in a single event, and the murders are not attributable to other underlying criminal activity or commonplace circumstance like armed robbery. According to the National Library of Medicine, the Canadian institution using this definition, nearly a third of all mass shootings between 1966 and 2012 all occurred in the United States. However, in this same study, it showed that almost all of the shooters in the United States cases were mentally ill. In addition, while such public attacks have tripled since 2011, the overall rates of homicide and gun violence have dropped significantly in the past 20 years. These mass shootings are generally used as the primary argument for gun control. In an effort to lower mass shootings, several states and the federal government have made attempts with varying success to ban assault weapons, most recently on January 11th, Illinois. However, according to the National Institute of Justice, 70% of mass shootings in the United States used handguns and semi-automatic rifles in 25% of the cases. An earlier study done a few years earlier by James Allen Fox and Emma E. Freidel similarly concluded that, quote, rather than assault weapons, semi-automatic handguns are the weapon of choice for most mass shooters. Clearly, banning assault weapons to stop mass shootings is a flawed argument, and it gets even more flawed when the definition of assault weapon changes between person-to-person, state-to-state, and law-to-law. The definitions of various terms really matter when it comes to this debate. The most common term tossed around is Assault Rifle, which is generally attributed to Adolf Hitler for the use of the Sturmwerger 44, or the STG-44, during World War II. According to the German intelligence at the time, most firefights took place at a range of less than 400 meters, and most of their existing rifles were overpowered and slow for that kind of range. So instead, they designed the STG-44 which could change its firing mode between single shot and fully automatic and had an effective range of 400 meters. According to the United States Army, assault weapons are defined by these same characteristics be capable of selective fire meaning it can switch between single shot, burst, or automatic, ammunition needs to be supplied from a detachable box magazine, it needs to have an effective range of at least 300 meters. But legally, a rifle sharing all of these same characteristics are instead defined as a machine gun, which are tightly regulated. In addition, the term assault rifle is often confused with assault weapon, and to make things even worse, assault weapon has multiple different legal definitions, usually including many semi-automatic rifles that are not classified as assault rifles. Many people also confuse assault rifles with AR-15s, after all AR stands for assault rifle, right? No, it stands for Armalite rifle, after the company that designed it. In addition, the civilian variant, 15, is semi-automatic only, it's not capable of selective fire, and therefore is not defined as an assault rifle, but is defined as an assault weapon. With all of these conflicting definitions, who can blame the massive divide on opinions and gun ownership for the extreme complexity of these issues? So, the following outlines a plan that I came up with to try and come to a definitive answer on gun control. I should preface this by saying that it is purely my opinion based on the research that I have outlined so far in this episode, and the wording I use to describe it is in the first person. Even though technically it doesn't have to be me carrying out this plan, just someone in a political position of power. The first thing I would do would be to clarify the murky definitions surrounding the argument. If we can't agree on what our terms mean, then we wouldn't be able to understand each other, much less research and address this issue. With clear definitions, I would lift the CDC's restriction on using federal funding for research. A problem with many of the studies that I referenced earlier is that they all start with a hypothesis or other preconception, instead of just going in blind. We need clear, unbiased studies with extensive data to effectively find what kind of legislation works and what does not. I want data broken down by state, age group, type of weapon used, whether it was homicide, suicide, accident, whether it was premeditated, and any other detail you can think of to be able to get an exact grasp on how previous legislation has affected gun violence and crime involving firearms. Once we have clear definitive data on what works and what does not, then and only then can we start drawing conclusions on drafting effective legislation. As for legislation, we would need a new law that overrides all previous firearm laws. Because the definitions regularly conflict with each other, the legality of certain weapons can be very confusing. Considering that the right to bear arms is a right and not a privilege, these laws should be very clear and have constant, stable definitions. After all, everyone should be able to have a solid understanding of their rights and how far those rights extend. I mentioned earlier that the Supreme Court ruled uh, that the Second Amendment covered all bearable arms, and my first thought was, well, I can bear an RPG. Is that covered? Clearly, the right should probably not extend that far. This would need to be a blanket law that recovers some of the common sense action that other laws have restricting firearm access to felons and other such high-risk groups. However, depending on the data found by the CDC, other restrictions may be wise as well. Adding things like extensive background checks or possibly even a mental evaluation prior to purchasing a firearm could help reduce the risk of homicides or suicides by firearm. However, the law would also need to remove any legislations that clearly do not work. As I mentioned earlier, Legislation in Canada has not effectively reduced homicides by firearm. If such legislation did not work, it should be removed to grant more freedoms back to the people. Lastly, I would engage in a public relations campaign to try and help train as many people as possible on the proper use and safety of a firearm, possibly even going so far as to add gun safety and firearm education into public schooling, even if it's only an optional elective. I grew up with 4-H and competed in airsoft sports, and as a result, I understand exactly what it means when I handle a firearm. Just like a car, you need to be constantly vigilant and properly respect what exactly you are holding. You definitely can't drive while intoxicated, and it's also not a very good idea to drive while tired. Both cars and firearms need to be taken wholly seriously, and if people are not taught this prior to handling either of them, they may grow careless. Unless these actions or something similar were taken, I do not believe that I would be able to fully form an opinion on the topic of gun control. In a similar stroke, I do not believe that, without at least some plan following something similar to these actions, we would never make any kind of real progress on this issue. So what do you think?
1: Right. I'll say, you want to put um, a law in place to stop a problem or not to stop the problem because that's impossible to help alleviate um or lessen the problem a bit right that is what that is what you do your your to the fixed governance you want to add laws in place to help lessen the problem of like gun violence or and the amount of gun deaths per year cool now in the process of putting in the laws to do that, right? Let's say you try putting in any laws with a biased opinion and without any practical evidence, regardless of country or of origin where it's from, without taking into consideration the problems of your own country, right? And like, you know, how much of like people buy guns, how much people of color buy guns, um, the mental state of these people, how much of these things happen, who gets the guns afterwards, like say a parent buys a gun, well how much are the chances that they don't restrict, if they don't restrict, um, put in a problem to like, you know, um, like say the chances of, if a parent buys a gun, what are the chances of like the child's getting their hands on the gun if the parent doesn't put uh, uh, like a gun in a safe or a dr- a locked drawer, or like any type of safety problem, and you don't take in- into these type of things in your own country the relative information that needed to solve the problem and put in a law casually without fully taking these things into consideration How long are you willing to keep the law in place, right, to get new data? Right? How long are you willing to keep that law in place to get this new data? Right? In that amount of time, people are still dying from this problem. So how long are you willing to keep the law in place before you stop the law to get the amount of information you need? So that is why I asked the question, how much people are you willing to let die? Because regardless of law is like good or not. How much people do you think are going to die if you need to get like new information to be able to put this new law in place without taking into consideration all the problems of your own country and the specifics of your own country, because each country has different um, access to guns and the amount of people that has locks on these guns or different ethnicities or um, um, Money problems in different places of the country. That is what I was asking when I said, How much people are you willing to let die by putting this law in place? It's like, How, if you put this law into place without any consideration into your own problems, your own specific problems, that's why I said, your own, like, um, your own specific problems and stuff like that happening in your own country itself. Like, yes, these things happen under places, but if you don't take into the specifics of what is happening in your own country, your own and different parts of your country, and the different problems that are going into your country, and you try adding in a law without thinking of any of these things or looking at any data of these different types of things, how much, how long are you willing to keep that law into place before you have to remove that law, right? Bec- um, before it becomes before the Lord you try to help becomes dangerous. That is what I'm asking. I am finished.
0: Okay, so I think I understand where the misunderstanding is now. You're asking how long I'm willing to put a law into place to find more research on gun control and... The well, not you of...
1: specifically, but like,
0: you know, the general... The government, like government, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm using me as like you, a stand-in for our government, basically. Yes, because it's, it's easier. So to you're say. asking me, the stand-in for the government, how long mm-hmm. I would be willing to implement different laws to see if they work before without, I get like, how the long you data.
1: To these... No, how long are you willing to implement these laws without any proper data into the specifics of your own country before they need to
0: be removed? Okay, let me go back over the plan that I had earlier, right? <laughs> the st- step one of the plan was to clarify definitions. To make mm-hmm. sure that the Which same is... thing meant the same thing for everyone, right? That is really That's going step to be one.
1: very hard. Because, hold on, there was this funny thing that happened a couple days ago or maybe a week ago. Because remember, not all, all laws are Use kind of... different wording, yes.
0: Loopholes so
1: that it's it's hold on wait wait no it's purposely left that way so that it can be changed in the future if
0: need be by clarifying definitions I did not mean legally I did not mean clarify these definitions in a legal manner
1: so then how then how are you going to change that there's no other way to change it besides legal manner
0: so we'll get to that in a minute right? So first, we need to clarify what those definitions will be when we get to the step of implementing a law. But we aren't there yet, right? Yeah, but Understanding what our definitions are going to be for that law when we get to that step is step one. Yeah, you Understand can own what, what definitions we legally. want to have legally. Not change that, okay? Then, once we have those clear definitions, not legally yet, but... In our mind, we you lift the CDC's it. restriction on using federal funding for research, so that you can't using those clarified definitions, mind. not you legally, have... there is a difference between using a legal definition and a common sense definition, like, for everyone else, right? Yeah, that's... you have to implement
1: so, a legal definition first. No, I, no, I because people are... We're, we're just saying that this... Part, um, it is... It is more easier to understand a smart bear than a dumb person.
0: I do not need to legally clarify the definitions first. That gets later. That has to happen. At the very least, I need to understand what the definitions are going to be when I get to the step of drafting legislation.
1: Exactly.
0: But not make them a law yet. When
1: I bef- you, before you even bother to reach that the definitions have to be clarified to
0: the entire country or world. In fact, this doesn't have to be like a widely accepted definition or anything. It has to be accepted by be... at least ninety-six percent of the majority. For it to actually even be no. properly put into place. No, after the that's, law law. I'm not trying to say I need to make a solid definition that everyone accepts. That's not what I'm saying. That's why I said, like, at least in 98% and 96%. I'm not saying. Young
1: people are more dangerous
0: than smart people. I am not saying that I need to make a definition that everyone accepts. What I'm trying Any to say. Majority let, let finish, of your country. Not the world, let me finish. Of what i am trying to say is i need to clarify my personal definition so that way it doesn't retroactively change later on okay let me let me say my sentences again
1: um, in a way that for 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 you to not misunderstand me you're saying right that you the government needs to clarify the definitions to themselves so they need to like I shouldn't say please yeah. clarify they need to make sure that they have this word or that they're going to use or item that they're going to use as a specific um you know thing to clarify with they need to make sure that it cannot be misunderstood in any other state with different um, things, of attachments, or anything like that, because we're still talking about guns, right? Okay, so you're me, saying me... that
0: I need to make sure that the definition of a short-barreled rifle means a short-barreled rifle and not a pistol with a stock, or something like that.
1: In which sense, is yes.
0: legally defined as a pistol, as a short-barreled rifle at this point. Exactly. That needs to first... I, I'm not saying that we need to make a legal definition yet, because a legal well, definition I, and a dictionary definition are different. That is the what United States you. military defines assault weapon different than how assault weapons are legally defined. Exactly. So but I don't need off, to make a legal definition. I just your, need your a definition country. that I can use later.
1: Yeah we we're, we're talking about your country in this in this yes. point in time like we're using your country as the like the basis for this not not the, the whole world right now
0: so once we have well, just... a definition that we can use in the future right then we start researching as much information as possible about previous things that happened we need to know what types of legislation okay, you... work Use
1: an example, use an example, use an example, because I've been using examples the whole time. So use an example to make it easier for the people that are going to listen to this that can't really see this, or the people that just are listening in. So use an example in words.
0: So going back to the study that I did, that I talked about earlier, the one by the Mm -hmm. National Library of Medicine, Mm -hmm. it reviewed the effects of firearm legislation on suicides and homicides in Canada. I am suggesting... That instead of this National Library of Medicine study being done in Canada, I am suggesting that the CDC performs a similar study that Mm -hmm. watches the effects of firearms legislation on suicide, homicide, Mm -hmm. mass shootings, age range, what's accidental, all of that, from when the first piece of gun legislation was implemented in the 1930s. Your first step is to get clarified definitions, right? Yep. And then,
1: once oh, clarified
0: no, not, definition, not, not, not legal definition.
1: okay. Give a, a scenario of getting a clarified definition, not legally, just give a scenario of how we would get people to accept or I shouldn't say, accept, um, have the major, vast majority understand this clarified definition that is not legally put into place yet.
0: Okay, so I could literally start by saying assault rifle is defined as, and then have what characteristics an assault rifle would have. Okay. So, for right. example, the United States Army, where did I have that? United States Army. I'm trying to find that in my thing here.
1: Jesus Christ. Just put everything in a top oh, or right something. here.
0: According to the United States Army... Assault weapons are defined by the following statistics, by the following characteristics. The Mm -hmm. ammunition needs to be supplied from a detachable box magazine. It needs to have an effective range of at least 300 meters. Mm -hmm. It needs to be capable of selective fire, meaning it can switch between single shot, burst, or automatic.
1: Mm -hmm. Cool. So... That is what description of an assault rifle. That is, is the
0: description of an assault weapon. Yes. Oh, assault weapon. Okay. Cool. And so, according to the United States Army, that is the definition of an assault weapon. Right. The thing cool. is, it's the same a same weapon though, sharing those same characteristics, detachable mm-hmm. magazine, can switch between single mm-hmm. shot burst or automatic, have an effective range of at least three hundred meters. Legally, that's defined as a machine gun. Now, the actual term, assault weapon or machine gun, doesn't matter. What matters Mm -hmm. is, when I say machine gun, you understand that I'm talking about a weapon that has those characteristics. So I would start by having, not necessarily a piece of legislation, but at the very least, something at the beginning of this study that says, when we say this, this is what we mean. Yes, and there's no way that... Because you want them to that, there's no way
1: you can fuck this up by trying to add some magical piece to make it not this. Or remove this magical piece off of this instrument. Like, you know, cutting the barrel in half or some jazz like that. Yeah. So. To make it something else.
0: That's where other definitions come into play. Because in 1968, there was the. What did I say it was earlier? The gun law reform there was a gun law in 1968 in the United States that defined a short-barreled rifle as a firearm that had a magazine that had a barrel that was less than 16 inches and mm-hmm. could be held against your shoulder like had a stock to go into your shoulder mm-hmm. so pistols that have a barrel that's shorter than 16 uh 16 inches and have a stock attached to the back of them that was as of last week, included in that definition of a short-barreled rifle. And that makes sense, right? If a short-barreled rifle is defined by having the characteristics of a barrel less than 16 inches, a detachable magazine, and a stock that goes into your shoulder, a uh, pistol- hold, yeah,
1: hold on, repeat for a second. You, you, it cut off. It cut off for a second there.
0: So a short-barreled rifle is defined as having less than 16 inches of length for the barrel, a detachable Mm -hmm. magazine, and a stock that goes into your shoulder. Mm -hmm. As of last week, Mm -hmm. I believe it was the Department of Justice implemented a new rule that included pistols that have a stock in that definition, which makes sense. Because a pistol with a stock that goes into your shoulder has a detachable magazine and has a barrel of less than 16 inches shares the same characteristics as defined in that 1968 law. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, when you're implementing your step one plan, you want to make sure, when you're using the clarifications, that in no way can you change this from, like, remove one piece and just have it be immediately something else to make you get away from the law. Yeah, So, I
0: don't want someone to be able to take okay, so a rifle needs to have at least 21 inches of barrel length And then I don't want to have someone, like, cut off the last two inches, so now the barrel's only 20 inches, and it's classified as a pistol instead of a rifle, right? That doesn't make sense. It's still a rifle, just with a shorter barrel. Or it would be changed to be defined as a short-barreled rifle, or something else. It is possible for the same weapon to be defined under multiple different characteristics, right? Which is annoying because they constantly make new guns or like and different because designs. they're constantly designing new designs, yeah. So, yeah, the thing is, I want to be it. able to have definitions so that when those new designs are made, they can automatically be characterized in one yep. of these such and such definitions, and it can only be changed even if this definition true. isn't legally at this point, isn't the legal yeah. definition at this point.
1: So, because we are ready to
0: draft legislation at that point. We're just clarifying yeah. what our yeah, definition will be when we get to
1: that. The point. most important part, by the way, your step, on, your step one is the most, like, regardless of all the others that come after, the most important part. Because if you can clarify something first that everyone will generally understand, and that even if changed a little bit, it would still be the original thing that was clarified under that law. But if changed to like a maximum, to a degree that it's so to it would be foiled under another category if not containing any of the first clarifications, or not if, but like much still containing most of the original clarifications of the original path.
0: Yeah. So this is before we get to drafting any kind of legislation.
1: Yeah, as long as you clarify first, as long as we not, clear, it makes things much more easier.
0: We aren't applying this to previous laws yet. We're just saying this is what we mean. When no, we no, that, yeah, that's
1: that, that's what I'm saying. Like, but but that makes it much more easier to define anything that goes on from the forward path, because then it will be much easier to. Yeah, but um like get the laws in place in the first place because you have already defined it to like a point that it now if if they change it to a maximum degree it now becomes something else under a new law if no longer containing the original practices of the clarification of the first law that you implemented
0: yeah so it wouldn't need to change the definition to fit the weapon it would need to change the weapon to fit the definition or something like that.
1: Which would could be changed later on if
0: needed be. Well, the definition shouldn't be changed later on.
1: No, not a definition. I mean, like the law. The law I was talking about. Yeah, it the can law be itself can if be changed. Change. Yeah, if that's need that's, what, be that's what that's what I
0: said. Add like, hey, this new weapon that doesn't fit into any of these previous categories and is incredibly dangerous should not be allowed, or should have such and such restrictions on it. That could yeah. be added in retroactively. For now, so though, if like
1: more situations happen where someone needs more access to this law, you can give yeah, slightly granted access to another law. Later. The, problem, yeah.
0: but the next problem that I had was we can't use federal funding to research these things. Yeah, that's, that's
1: why I keep what saying works, what doesn't. if something needs to fully be funded, it needs to be funded by, well not fully funded by federal government, like maybe like, 20% of it can be federally funded if, need, if like the federal government needs something specifically on this. side. Of federal
0: no. Like, a study that is unbiased so it doesn't go in with a hypothesis or anything.
1: Again, if it's fully funded by the people, uh, it would completely be destroyed and wrecked inside and out. It needs some um, definitive power of law towards it. That's my anything that is none that is fully
0: publicly funded. Oh, um, absolutely, well, it's not, all it's the not publicly are. funded; it's federally funded. There, there is a difference because if it's publicly that funded, I'm... that means that, that large corporations, like say a corporation that makes firearms, could pay money to the could donate money to the study to skew the results, right? That is what I'm saying. It still needs. So it to needs be... to be federally funded. So that, that is what that I'm saying. It happen. needs to
1: be. No, because if it's
0: fully federally
1: funded, then the government can put that fully federally, federally funded, fully federally funded opinion onto it. Jesus Christ! is that so hard to say? Remember, if you have no. one side that is fully giving something onto something else, then it is only to the fully funded side where the fully funded opinion um, can
0: come in. But what if the federal government doesn't have an official opinion on gun control? If the, hold on, repeat that sentence. If the what? What if the federal government doesn't have an official opinion on gun control?
1: If the federal said, fed, 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 "What the fuck? If the federal government does not have an official opinion on something, or not something, what am I saying gun control, right, or gun violence, it, or whatever, yes. so
0: then it doesn't have an opinion. It just wants the data so that it can form mm-hmm. an opinion.
1: Exactly, and that's to to get the data you need funding.
0: Yep, but federal funding, so it's paid for by can... taxes.
1: Again, that would lead to bias of one side. Which if side? One percent, the government side, of course. Do you think the government is towards everybody? No, I shouldn't say that. The government is for the people. You can't have a government, and that's the people has no longer government. What I'm saying is. Um, the different sides in a government that both want something and don't would try to influence or uh, adjust courses set for the data to be analyzed with said funding money. Because you can't, you can never ever, 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 You you can't look me in my eye, in my hairy backside, you can't hear from me and ever look me in my face and tell me that the whole government is united internally and externally. You can never tell me that. That's a no, lie You would be, You would but, literally burn. You would ex- just exist if you said that was true, and because that's why a lot of things aren't in place, regardless of whether good or not, because there are two sides to the government, or more than two sides. But you know, we, we use this in two, two as like the, the, the vast majority. just like mostly. Two sides to a government, each having their own opinion. That's why they're two different sides. But they're both still in the government. And one side that is particularly not fond of this is going to try to influence it, regardless of if it's good or not. They're going to want it to their side's opinion.
0: I mean, of course. Because, but- hold on, hold on,
1: wait, wait, one more thing, because you have to remember, regardless, even if um they did the data and okay say um they got they got fully funded and the um information comes out right no biased opinions whatsoever all cool? information is fully just 100% facts and research and statistics of multiple classes so that is not like no one side it's not like no one large class it's class and subdivisions of what happens in each class of like you know race um gender time, places, um, finances of the different problems that would occur with these different subjects, correct? Cool, so you've gotten all that. I am going to tell you this because you know this has happened before. People will still take that and abuse that information to only fully one side because remember, not every single person is going to read that, regardless of if all the information is absolutely factual with every single thing correct and all the different possibilities, statistics, chances of different places, times, and religion, religions and genders and all these different things. Somebody is still going to take that one small little part that is somehow in their favor and bullshit their way an entire universe of stories shouldn't even be possible
0: yeah that's where one of the rules of my podcast come play
1: yeah um literally the, like the first one um if it could be
0: bullshit without evidence then um no no you can occam's razor and the sagan standard occam's something razor, if simpler explanations to make the can least be... assumptions are most likely to be correct and sagan standard extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence
1: and if you have no evidence, then you know somebody could refute it without evidence. Cool. That is the thing. That is where the problem comes in. You you were stating it earlier with um with the thing of like belief. As if someone just believes something so
0: much, they would literally start making so up things. Change the facts to continue yeah, to believe. Exactly. Yes.
1: And they would somehow, by the grace of God, start believing so hard that. Their words now started that they put out now start to become sound and real to some people.
0: It's well, like, gonna... I can't control someone to, I can't force someone to change their opinion, even if they exactly. believe perseverance. Is, but I can, why... at the very least, get clear data that will help me form an opinion. Yeah, you
1: can get clear data, but I can at least get clarity people...
0: on what I think should be done. Hold
1: on. I'm not using you, I'm not using you as the government now. I'm using you as you now. Like as a singular human being. You will get that information. And somebody else will get that information. But that somebody else is way dumber than you are. And they're so dumb. No, not necessarily.
0: They they'll didn't. they'll be able to draw different conclusions using the same facts. Like that's possible, right? Um that's yeah. They're not going to um come to different
1: conclusions they're going to come to different conclusions so hard right that they'll orgasm a new set of somehow made up facts that would go on to know a bunch of different people they're they're going to say their facts on like tiktok facebook mostly facebook um or instagram (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's probably going to be like some 60 year old woman that's like highly racist and some yeah. jazz and going to put like some gun stuff and then like, you know, cause a bunch of other older people to give this to their children and like feed them that jazz and then it's going to cause a whole new side of things. Because remember, regardless of if you get the factual information or not, somebody is going to abuse that factual information to their advantage. Like,
0: yeah, they, they can try, but like you can't change what the facts are. You can change your interpretation of them. Like, that's fine.
1: That's way more dangerous than changing what the facts are. Changing your interpretation of it. That's why, literally, we have a whole, like, thing against, you know, the Bible. When you change your interpretation of it, it becomes really dangerous. Because the fact is still there, but if it is up for interpretation, that means... Regardless of which side it is, they can take it dangerously differently. That is what I'm saying, regardless of the facts or not. It, it People are still going to take stuff dangerously, dangerously, dangerously to another level of this is way beyond what the original facts were. And people absolutely refuse to believe it, even if you take up the exact papers and show them! It. They will somehow pull something out of their ass hairs
0: to and say that this is not this. And that's why you need as much data as possible to try and be able to. We have so much data. To n- no, to we don't.
1: That the earth is flat. Well, no, I mean, okay. Yet we people have... still bullshit their way through it.
0: We do have the data, but the data started with an opinion. It started with a bias when. They were first researching it. Who before they got the re- the various studies that I mentioned earlier? No, no. Which one, which one are you talking about? Like um
1: the the the, the um, flat earthers or gun violence? I'm confused.
0: No, this is okay. So this is gun violence. I just use flat earthers okay. as that one-time opinion and not yeah. Going to talk about it again, like the idea of the uh, excuse me the Nazi gun control theory, right? Mm-hmm. I talked about that earlier. How there are several facts when it comes to that theory.
1: Mm-hmm, yes, like um, how
0: Germany right are having... you know like how Germany had oh. uh, excuse me like how Germany had different requirements and different restrictions. Why am I mm-hmm. hiccuping all of a sudden? Because you have a drunk enough water. Yeah. So Germany has a lot of requirements and stuff because of the Treaty of Versailles and then the German Weapons Act. They started they started to deregulate in nineteen thirty eight for most of their citizens, except for that one law, the regulations against Jews possession of weapons law from nineteen thirty eight so with that information, you can say, "Oh, the Germans took the guns away from their Jewish citizens because they wanted to be able to do that holocaust, or you could." try to draw some other you could try to draw some other conclusion from that same information exactly people will
1: regardless of fact or um, if like say something something i
0: should have mentioned was the nazi gun control theory is largely considered by the community by the historic community as a whole as usually considered to be counterfactual like that it's not that's exactly the thing regardless of if it's like counterfactual and considered
1: counterfactual by like the people that make the thing that's supposed to be counterfactual like you know like the people who research and study it people will still be like um jesus christ people will still be like oh my god um don't trust the government or don't trust this um they're all wrong and you can't find that stuff here because that's all lies
0: I mean, I think me that, that the Nazi gun control theory has legs. Like, I think that it might be a thing. But I also don't want to go thinking, oh, my government has it out for me just because they want to take my guns. It I don't think so. But wouldn't think that.
1: You wouldn't think that. But other people will. Other and people those draw other people. that same
0: conclusion from this theory, which makes sense. Yeah, they like, I can see where that opinion can... can come from.
1: They can withdraw your opinion, or they can withdraw just straight up going against the government, because, you know,
0: freedom. Because gun uh, gun ownership is a right, it's not a, a permission here. Driving a car, that's a permission, right? You have to have a driver's license to be able to drive a car, but you don't yeah. have to have—owning a gun is a right, you don't have to have a license for it. Yeah, which again, and is trying to really... take that away from people, one can make people scared because of that Nazi gun. Yeah, because they think that. But can no, also not be because like because, you're taking like, away the thing that I like to do. Protects us, like from yeah. you. You're literally taking away the
1: thing that, like, allows us to fight back against if we're doing cruel things. That's understandable, but we don't want to take it away from the people because, first of all, that would cause an insurrection. It would cause way too much more trouble than it would. Yeah. Yeah, what you want is to put this, not to just like grab it from them and take it away. Let them willingly come near you and just kind of like hand you half of it, in a sense.
0: You want to show just them like, the data that doing this will help protect people.
1: In a sense.
0: If that data just, exists, in, but we don't know because we don't yeah, have like access don't to know. that data because that doesn't exist yet.
1: Yeah, that is what you'd want. That is something. So that's why I'm saying,
0: like, it can't be fully... Um, fed... 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 Funded, fed... fed, fed. God damn it! Fully federally funded. Yeah, you say that five times faster, goddamn Fully federally funded. Fully federally funded... Fully federally funded. Exactly. <laughs> you see how hard it is to say. Yeah. And I
1: have, like, a fingernail in my mouth, like a giant fingernail in my mouth, so, you know.
0: Okay, so... I just... Still, um, anyway. I think that with all the previous laws, it can... Your right to bear arms, like how far it extends and all of that, can get yeah. really confusing, because it As is we, just one we, sentence, and that leaves a lot of things open to interpretation. Yeah, um, That's why it's, I think it, we need to basically meant- throw out all the previous laws and just make one new law that yeah. does cover most of what those current laws cover anyway, but because if it if something in those previous laws didn't work at reducing gun violence, why include it? Why bother? Yeah.
1: It's just um, you kinda remember some people forget to remove laws like some countries don't even know that they have these laws because well there, there, are, a, like... there
0: are a lot of laws, yeah, and like yeah you uh, like, a lot the... of them like are probably outdated, yeah, because
1: they're like you know times change and things happen really fast. Like, look how far we've come in a hundred years. That's like a giant leap for mankind. So, things change, and the more uh, technology you have, or I shouldn't say not the more technology you have, the more accessible technology becomes, the more things change faster and faster. Like, And we got to start come,
0: updating our laws to actually...
1: Yeah, because... Times change and people change, and you need to be able to fix these things. So that you need to be willing to change them, I should say. Yeah. Because a lot of people just aren't. Because they'd be like, my rights,
0: my freedom.
1: Yeah, like you're going to get other people. They don't care if they get other people killed. They just want this. Yeah, like we literally have coronavirus as like an, an, a thing to prove that people would literally just want to kill other people <laughs> if they don't get what they want. They don't, they don't care about other people's lives, they only care about what they can have. And it's not
0: like people want to take it away. Like, and like, you can never. The worst part is, I don't think that like some people even have a plan on how to solve these problems. Like, at least I have because, like, the beginnings of an idea here. At least I've got that. But I can't be bothered to try and solve it. The problems are too big to yeah, because... so just escape.
1: Yeah, and not just the problems are too big, is that even when you have an idea, the other people are going to so want to fight against you that trying to to do it at that point, you can't even do it because everyone is just fighting against you, even if what you're doing is literally good and trying to help people. Mm -hmm. Especially if, like, in a situation, um, what you're trying to do is, like, instead of help, what your actions are doing is, like, it's going to just fund you, not fund the thing that you need, the help that needs to be helped, in a sense. Like, you're just trying to gain all the attention to yourself and gather the people Instead of actually trying to help, thing that's going to happen, or is happening.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, so when, you... oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, when you put an idea out there, it's no longer a matter of your idea alone. It becomes a war between all the other people that now has the opinion of your idea inside their heads. And when they, because no matter how much you put an opinion, someone some way some time will find a flaw in it and they will argue it over till the end of time even if you try not to find a way around that thing to fix it they'll find the next one and the next one and the next one and more ways to continue to argue with you even if this will just help the problem for the time being that needs to be helped
0: So uh, check the description for more information, including the resources I used to build this episode. You can also join our Discord server to discuss these and other topics, as well as join in when these episodes are recorded every Monday at 7pm Central. If you would like to support the show or spread the word, I have a merch store full of items that show off both this show's logo and the icons for individual episodes. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of Bright Future. These episodes are released every Tuesday at 6pm Central. So I'll see you back here next week.